Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. up our second service but thank you so much for being here please pray with me lord we thank you for today we thank you lord for your word that is just power and life to those that receive it and believe it and stand upon it lord today we just ask that you would plant that seed the word of god in our hearts that it may grow up and be fruitful in jesus name and everybody said amen so today i want to talk to you about a quality this one quality will literally change every aspect of your life. It'll, it'll change your health. It'll change your wealth. It'll change your relationships, both with God and with other people. It will change everything. This one quality will enable you, it will allow you to reach the goals, come on, that you've set out to reach. It will enhance your life in every single way. And this one quality that I'm talking about this morning is the quality of consistency. I want to tell you what consistency is not. Consistency is not the money that you have in your bank account. Consistent, it, it's, it, being consistent is not, it has nothing to do with the way that you look. And it has nothing to do, come on, with your education. There are many people that are well-educated, but they cannot live consistent lives, or they, they fail to live consistent lives. And so, it's your consistency. This last year, and this was the second time that, that, I, that I participated in this, and I plan on doing it again. I have no idea why. But I ran a half marathon. It was an ultra half marathon. It was almost 15 miles up at Magic Mountain. Yeah, and I lived, I lived through it. That was the celebration part of it. But um, what was interesting is I thought I was ready, you know, as you always do. You prepare just a little bit. I guess running once a week really isn't great pre preparation. But, but um, I thought I was ready, and, and, man, I was geared up, and I was hopped up on, on pre-workout, and, and I was just ready to go. And, man, I started so well. I started so well, man. I was running we had to run uphill and, and, and anyway, it's a little frustrating because all the slow runners, you know what I'm saying? Like they get in your way, the trail's not real huge. And, and I'm like, man, I got to get around these people. And I come up on these two ladies, these two women that, that are probably my age. And so they're in their fifties and, and they're just talking, they're just chatting back and forth, you know, running. So how was your day? You know, and I'm just like, boy, you guys are not doing this right. Plus you're slow and, and, and you're going to run out of oxygen if you keep talking as much as you're, as you're talking. And so I'm like, <clears throat> you know, I around you on the left. And so I pass them. I get through mile one pretty good, get through mile two pretty good, three pretty good, get to about mile five, I'm really starting to feel it. And man, I am just, I'm, you know, after mile five, the, the, the whole group that was so tight at one moment, come on, is now spread out. And so I'm alone, I'm just, I'm alone. And I'm like, I gotta walk for a little bit. And so I start walking and then all of a sudden, 
You know what I mean? I hear about, about 10 minutes later, I hear this chatter that I was familiar with about five miles ago. And this, this chatter is these ladies talking, having a full-blown conversation. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe that he did that. And can you just, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, excuse us, on your left. And I'm like, I'm g gasping for air at this time. I would love to just sit down and wait for a while, but they just jogged right by. And I had the privilege of hearing them only for about three minutes because they were out of sight. But I want you to know this, that slow and consistency, it always wins. Come on, it's better to be slow and consistent than it is, come on, to be fast and, and just jump out of the gate and whatever it is that you're doing and then just burn up too fast. See, for some people here, the only thing that you, and you would say this about yourself, the only thing that you would say you're consistent at is being inconsistent. And I'm just saying this one virtue, this one value, this one quality has the ability to change your life. But if you're inconsistent, I want you to know that you're in good company today. Don't feel like you're all alone because there's plenty of us that, you know what I'm saying, we're on the same bench the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, the apostle Paul says, therefore, my beloved brethren, my brothers, he said, be steadfast, be unmovable and always come on abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain if it's to the Lord. So whatever you do, come on, do it well, do it as unto the Lord and understand that whatever you do for God it's going to make a difference. It's going to hit the mark and, and it's going to be wonderful. See, you honor God by being consistent, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I want us to also take comfort together that the apostle Paul himself struggled with being inconsistent. Come on, this is a man that has written pretty near, you know, two thirds of the New Testament, the the, the, the Bible that we read, the, the, the second half or the second, you know, third or of the Bible. Come on, this man was, was, uh, was in charge of, of, of writing that and encouragement to other people in the church. And this is what he said to the church at Rome. He said in Romans seven fifteen he said, I don't really even understand myself. For I want to do what's right. But I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Anybody ever find yourself not doing what you know you should do, but you find yourself doing what you shouldn't, what you absolutely hate? Said, I do what I hate. I, I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I, but I don't. I want to do what is wrong. I don't want to do it. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> there might be some of those here too, you know, I want to do what's wrong and I can really find a way to do that. No, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it. I do it anyway. And so we're in this series called, I have decided. And what we have learned up to this day, this is message three. We've learned that, that we make our decisions, but in turn, our decisions make us because I want you to know that you're a product of your decisions. Right now, you can take a snapshot of where you are, whether you like it or not. 
you are where you are, not because of somebody else, but because of you, because of what it is that you've chose, what it is that you've decided. The good news is that if you feel like your life has been, has been taken from you, come on, in the Lord, you could take it back. You can rescue your life again and, and begin to build that life into what it is that Jesus promised that you could build it into. So the title of today's message is this, Consistent Under Pressure. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at the Daniel Principle. The Daniel Principle. It's easier to be consistent when things are just smooth sailing, but how many of you know it's more, it's more difficult, come on, to be consistent when times are tough? So the plan, I'm giving you the plan on the front end. We're going to discover difficulties or, or uh, the enemy of consistency, and then I'm going to give you three keys to unlock it in your life. So today we're looking at the life of Daniel. This is one of the most consistent men that you can read about in the Bible. Man, Daniel was on point, in my opinion, more so than most others. He was on point morally. He was consistent relationally, spiritually, and whenever it came to leadership, this man was consistent. So it all starts around 605 B.C. before Christ. The Babylonians, they abducted young boys. And Daniel was anywhere between the age of 10 to 18. Most people that are much smarter than I am, they believe that he was about 12 years of age when he was literally taken, come on, from his people into Babylon. And they were taken, these young men of character, and they were good-looking young men. They were taken for the sole purpose to be indoctrinated. They were, they were going to be taught the ways of the Babylonians. And they were going to be created and raised up to be these amazing leaders. What a slap in the face to their enemies, right? That we're going to take your best and we're going to teach them, and then they're going to become our leaders. See, King Darius was the king at the time, and this, this king observed something unique and very special in Daniel. He said, man, this young man has character like no other. He was, he was faithful as well. And I want you to realize, just push pause one second and just lean in. I want you to know this, that character... And faithfulness will always promote you in life. You might start off at the, I want to speak to some of the younger people. You may have to start off on the, on the bottom of wherever it is that you choose to work. But listen to me. Character and faithfulness will promote you faster than anything else. People that care about their company and managers that care about the productivity Come on, they're paying attention, and if you want to find yourself set apart faster than anybody else, be a person of character and have integrity, right, and be faithful. Like, treat that business like it's your own business. And I'm telling you what, it'll get you up the ladder. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, there's something wrong with the business that you're a part of. I'm telling you, it will put you, it will set you apart 
It's a wonderful way, come on, to, to move up the ladder. And so, of course, these leaders, other leaders, come on, of King Darius, they realize that character and faithfulness will promote. And so you know what they started to do? They didn't want to lose their job, and so they really started trying to dig up dirt. Come on, on Daniel. They probably went to, as he was only probably 12 or so, but if he had an old girlfriend, they would probably like, listen, tell us, tell us what's wrong with, with Daniel. But they couldn't find anything. They were looking for dirt, and they couldn't find anything. Daniel chapter 6 and 4 says this, but they couldn't find anything. That's what I just said. They couldn't find anything and it goes on they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn he was faithful he was somebody say it with me and the next one is responsible well we got to work on that just a little bit and completely trustworthy see daniel was consistent and because of this he was seen and because of this, he was promoted. Just what I said, faithfulness and consistency. Come on, faithfulness and character will promote you. And so these other leaders under King Darius, the only thing that they could do was attack his faithfulness to his God. And so that's exactly what they did. What we need to know is Daniel was faithful and he was consistent in praying three times a day. He would pray in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. And so these leaders had fooled the king. They said, hey, listen, we should do something special. And the king is like, what should we do that's so special? They were like, King Darius, you were the greatest, man. There is no one like you. There has never been a king like you. There will never be a king like you. You are the G-O-A-T, the greatest of all time. And so... Darius is like, he's like, that feels good. That's nice. That's really, really nice. I like that. They said, what? He says, what do you guys think? He said, you know what? We should make a holiday. What's the holiday? It'll be King Darius' holiday. For 30 days, we're going to celebrate this holiday. And for 30 days, we're going to say that nobody can be worshipped except for you, great king. He says, I like it. Let's put it into writing. Let's make a decree. And so they, they put this into writing. He makes this decree that, that during this period of 30 days, nobody is going to be worshipped except for King Darius. But yet Daniel had a problem because Daniel was consistent. And Daniel was faithful. And so Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10 the Bible says this, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down as usual. See, he, he didn't kneel down for the first time. This wasn't his 10th time. Daniel knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, and he prayed three times a day. And what does the Bible say? Just as he had always done. He prayed three times a day like he had always done. Why? Because he was consistent. Come on, this was part of his life, and he would pray giving thanks to God. So even in the face of danger, Daniel was consistent. 
Once again, I want to just rewind. I've already said it, but it's easy to be consistent, come on, with the things whenever, whenever everything is smooth sailing and there's no issues. But what happens when your consistency might cost you? Are you going to change? Are you going to do things differently? Even if it's the right thing, are you going to shrink back into the shadows or are you going to do what is right because it's simply right to do? See, some people do what is right only when it's beneficial to them. I know you've met these people. You know what I mean? Like you're asking them to come and to volunteer and to, and to be a part of something great. And they always have something else going on. They always have something else going on. And then you ask them this, this, this one time and you're like, hey, listen, we're going to be serving food to the community and come on out and and, and let's do this together. It's going to be so amazing. Like the governor himself is going to be there. And we've got, we've got, you know, the news station. They're going to come and they're going to, they're going to videotape this. And then all of a sudden, the governor's going to be there? What? You mean I might be able to get my picture taken with the governor? You mean if I show up, it's possible that I might be on the news, the 5 o'clock news, the 10 o'clock news tonight? And then, yeah, I would love to volunteer. See, sometimes people do the right thing only whenever there's something, come on, they, they can be recognized for. But I'm telling you, those same people will shrink back whenever there's nothing, when there's nothing in it for them. Why? Because their motivation's wrong. Their heart's wrong. Their heart's in the, in the wrong place. And so because of his decree, because of the king's decree, because of the word that the king said, the king had to throw him into the lion's den. And the king absolutely loved Daniel. Daniel had favor in his eyes. And so I believe that this really broke the king's heart to have to do this. But the beautiful thing is, is because of Daniel's faithfulness, God sent an angel, and what did the angel do? The angel shut the mouth of the lions so that they couldn't, they couldn't harm Daniel. So imagine this, like the next morning, Darius, the king, he probably, he doesn't even care what people are thinking because he loves Daniel so much. Man, he's running, he's running towards, come on, the den where the lions are kept, and he's screaming all the way, Daniel, Daniel, are you there? And then all of a sudden, I'm here. Open that door up. Open that gate up. And then all of a sudden, they walk in, and Daniel's just like treating these lions like little kitties, you know. Little kitty, kitty, baby kitty. Wait, maybe, maybe you don't talk to cats like that. Come here, kitty. Anybody ever? Oh, just me? Okay. Daniel 6.23, the, the king ordered Daniel to be removed and no scratches were found on him for he had trusted in his God. My question is this, is when did Daniel come on trust in God? Was it at the, was it at the door to the lion's den? Oh God, I know I've never had any conversation with you before and, and I don't know if you know me or not, but my name's Daniel. I'm, I'm going to be in a real difficult pressure situation here in the next few moments. You think you could do something on my behalf? 
Come on, sometimes that's the only time when we trust God is whenever there's no more options. But I'm telling you that Daniel learned to trust God when he was just a child. Come on, he learned on his knees, spending time on his knees three times a day. Come on, he learned to trust God. So what are the difficulties, come on, to consistency? Number one is distractions. See, we live in such a fast-paced world and everybody is bidding for our time and attention and it is difficult to remain focused Come on, in this world where, where there's so much confusion and there's so many things that are taking place. We've got social pressures. We've got work pressures. We've got family pressures. We've got responsibilities. Come on, imagine this. Um, how many of you remember the circus when the circus would come through town? I'm old enough to remember in the 70s and the 80s. It seemed like it was. Anybody remember in our town, we had Barnum and Bailey come through town and set up a three ring circus. Anybody? Anybody? Who was the circus that came through here? Barnum and Bailey? Okay, I figured, I figured as much. And so one of the coolest things that I used to love to watch is whenever they would, they would have an, uh, an I guess he's called an acrobat artist or a guy that walks a tightrope is what I'm trying to say. They would have this tight rope and this man would just be, he would just be walking and he'd have a pole and, and he'd be walking and, and I'm like, oh, he's going to, oh, he's going to fall. And he never fell. But imagine this, as a kid, I remember thinking, man, they should give every single one of the children here a tennis ball. I mean, there's a net, he can't get hurt that bad. They should give us a tennis ball and see who could be successful as knocking him off of the rope, right? That would be a bit of a distraction, wouldn't it? You're dodging balls and trying to keep your, your balance and remain focused on what's important, but you've got these things that aren't important that are continually flying your way. See, the Daniel principle, it encourages us to keep our focus in Jesus all the time. And I want you to know this, that it's the devil, the enemy himself, that's behind the allure of constant distraction. Number two, the second enemy to consistency is discouragement. Come on, we don't have any support. We make this big decision. I'm going to, I'm going to make these big changes in my life and nobody is supporting us. In fact, some of your family... Some of your family can't even believe that you would pursue such changes. So the people that love you the most, they can't even see that this is going to be the best thing for you. And so when you stand alone, sometimes that discouragement can set in. Or you make a decision, let's just say, to lose weight. And then all of a sudden, three weeks of healthy eating, which you absolutely despise. Come on, let's be honest. I would much rather eat things that are not good for me than things that are good for me. That's me personally. So three weeks of this torture, of this sacrifice, you don't even see it. You don't see the scale move a bit. You can't see any difference in your, in your own personal appearance. And so that can be discouraging. 
Come on, all of this discouragement, it weighs against, it challenges our consistency. Daniel himself, come on, faced opposition, he faced scheming, he faced backbiting, he faced coercion. Come on, he faced jealousy, all of these things, but he remained undeterred. But guess what? I want you to realize this, that I'm certain that Daniel wasn't on point all the time. So let me tell you what you need to do. Because of discouragement, you have to, and this is going to rub some of you the wrong way, but you've got to plan to fail. Because the truth is, is you're not going to be on point all the time. I am certain that even though the scripture says that Daniel was consistent in praying three times a day, I am certain that there were probably some days. Why? Because he was a human just like you and I are human. There were probably some days that he missed a morning prayer or missed an evening prayer. Maybe Darius held him over for a period of time and he couldn't get to his, get to his room in time to, to pray like he, like he regularly did. See, listen, success doesn't happen when you achieve a goal. Success happens when you simply show up. And then when you get knocked down, you pick yourself back up. That is success. We were talking about it in our pre-service meeting today and this is how this could apply. Like everybody gets charged up. I'm gonna read the Bible in a year and you got your plan and, and then all of a sudden you're doing so great for like the first week and then, and then all of a sudden a curveball in life is thrown at you and somebody's sick in your family and you lost a day and then you lost another day and you lost three days and now you're three days behind to catch back up. You gotta do four days in a row. You don't have the time to do four days. You've got kids in every category that a kid could be in your home. They're running all over the place. And so this is what you do. You say, you know what? I'll just try this again next year. It's only January and you're going to wait till the next year to try it again. Can I just give you, come on, what planning to fail, how this could help you. I may not get every single day like I want to achieve every single day, but this is what I'm going to do. If I'm three days behind, I'm just going to wash those three days. I'm going to pick back up on the day that I'm supposed to be on today, and I'm going to be consistent going forward. Isn't that better than just throwing the whole stinking thing out the window? Right? So you got to have plan for whenever you come up short. Once again, you're not successful when you reach your goal. You're successful when you show up. See, my family, when we were all, when they were little and I was much younger, I had the great idea, like, listen, as a family, we're going to take Taekwondo together. I think we got a couple of pictures. You'll see, you'll see, that's Ashley. You'll see that I'm not in the pictures because even though I was like a white, that's Jacob and Tyler, my, my two boys. That's little Jacob right there. What a stud. There he is. Get it, Jake. Come on. See, I was probably over helping the black belts out somewhere. That's why I'm not, I'm not in there. <laughs> but, but this was such a fun, fun time. Come on, in our, in, our, in our life. And I think we got, I think the whole family got all the way up to like orange belt. I think I should have been a black belt or a brown belt at least, but, but it's really, really cool. You start off with white belt and 
the instructor, anybody in martial arts, they'll, they'll ask you a question. It's like, hey, listen, what is the hardest belt to achieve? And of course, everybody's like, black belt. Black belt's the hardest. He said, no, the white belt is the hardest to achieve because most people don't even show up. Most people don't even show up. And let me tell you what breaks my heart more than anything today. January comes around and, and there, there's been a real shift and it really, it breaks my heart. And, and it really just, it makes me feel bad about, makes me feel bad about where people are today. See, I, I am somebody that I am going to go into the new year. I'm gonna look for every opportunity to do something different in my life. But for the last few years, you start asking people, it's like, man, what's your resolution going to be? And more times than not, this is what you're gonna hear. I don't do that anymore. You're just gonna fail at it anyway. Oh my goodness. Are we really going to get, give up on, on becoming the best version of ourselves, even if you have to fail and fail and fail and fail again? It breaks my heart, man. I'm telling you, if you are one of those people that have said that, I would, I would encourage you to reevaluate your decision. And guess what? You don't have to wait until January to do it. You can do it today. Absolutely do it today. The third thing is doubt. Come on, has your faith, has it ever hung on by a thread like you're so strong in the Lord today and then something happens and you're just holding on. You're like, man, I don't even know. I don't even know what's right, what's wrong. Come on, your faith has been so rocked. Thomas was known by his doubt until he encountered the resurrected Jesus. And all I'm saying is, is sometimes you need to go back, come on, to your resurrection experience. Sometimes you gotta push pause whenever doubt starts to just flood in and you gotta go back and say, how has the Lord helped me in the past? What has God done in my life? How has his faithfulness, come on, been witnessed in my life? You gotta encourage yourself and remind yourself in the Lord. You gotta return to your encounter. So if you're doubting today, I prophesy over you right now that that doubt is just a stepping stone to you becoming everything that God has called and created you to become. It is a stepping stone to authentic faith. It's easy to, to do that, Pastor Travis, whenever everything is fine, but really, what if you're dealing with serious situations like your husband had an affair on you, or you've got a gambling debt that there's no way that you can pay back, or you've lost a child, or, 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 like the real issues in life. You did life together, now you're doing life alone. What happens then? It's not so pretty, it's not so clean. Well, I'm gonna give you three keys that will help you. Number one is daily devotion. See, devotion is this. It's defined an unwavering commitment to a person, cause, or belief. And listen, I want you to just, I want you to do this right now for me. Just grade yourself on your devotion 
to God, your commitment level to God. Where is he in the grand scheme of things? Is he, certainly he's a part of it, but where is he? And be honest with your answer. Is he at 10%? Is he at 50%? Come on, is he number five or is he number one in your life? Where is your devotion? Come on, to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And if you don't like your honest answer that you're giving yourself, then shift it and change it. Take your life back. See, you gotta also know your why because desire won't carry you. When you see somebody else, you know what I mean, making great achievements in their life, let's just say, wow, that person's really putting in the work and they're getting in shape or whatever it is, man, you're, you're recognizing these achievements. Boy, I'd really like to do that. If desire is the only thing that you have because you see it in somebody else, it's not going to carry you and sustain you. Matter of fact, the first time that there's an obstacle, you're just gonna give up on it and you're gonna go back because it requires devotion. It requires you prioritizing this one thing or these five things above everything else. See, I want a better relationship with God. You gotta ask the question, well, why do you want a better relationship with God? Well, I want a better relationship with God because I think as Christians, we're supposed to have a good relationship with God. And guess what? If that is your why, then you're never gonna have a great relationship with God because there's no heart, there's no passion. Come on, there's no commitment. There's no willingness to sacrifice. There's no, 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 no. All you have is just like, that would be nice because that's what we're supposed to do. But how about you approach it? No, man, I'm tired of sin having a stronghold on my life. I wanna break off the stronghold. I wanna break off the sin, come on, that I've been dealing with since I've been a kid. You know what I mean? I wanna break off the chains that bind families. You know what, in my family, my grandfather was an alcoholic, my father was an alcoholic, I'm an alcoholic. I wanna break that up. I don't want my kids to be an alcoholic. I don't want them to deal with what it is that I've been dealing with. You gotta have some devotion. You gotta have something that drives you a little bit more than, oh, that would be cute, that would be really nice. I mean, really good. I would sure like to not have to deal with that anymore. Come on, how about the power to walk in freedom instead of being bound in chains? Somebody else like, yeah, I think, I think having a better relationship with my wife would be awesome. Well, why do you wanna have a better relationship with your wife? Because it's not good right now. I'm not talking about me, of course. I've got the <laughs> best relationship. Don't read into this. <laughs> See, my relationship, if you've been coming to love and respect, one of the most incredible things that I've learned that I've been reminded of again is my relationship with my wife reflects my love for God. It does. You can't separate the two. And so this is why it's like, listen, don't tell me, God's saying, don't tell me how much you love me, but you can't even treat your wife right. 
right? So my, my relationship to my wife, it really reveals what I think about the God that I serve. Come on, how about I'm better, two are better than one. You know what I'm saying? How about she's my perfect help and I'm hers, right? Somebody might be like, man, I'm tired of being broke and I wanna make a bunch of money. Somebody says, well, why do you wanna make a bunch of money? Because I've never made a bunch of money before and it seems cool. I could buy that truck and I could live in this place and this space and I could get the new pair of shoes and I could, I could, then I'll be respected. Whenever I make that six figure, that seven figure income, then man, I will be somebody. Come on, how about this? How about I want to make more money, come on, so that I don't have to struggle paycheck to paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. First of all, let me tell you, you're going to have to probably do something drastically different. I want to make more money. Why? Because I want to be a part of the blessing. I want to be a part of the generosity. Come on, I want to write that $200,000 check so that Grace Church can build a new gymnasium to serve the kids in this church, in this community. Yeah, 200,000. Some of you, got, you've got that ability. You can. It's going to sting, but you can. Some of you, you're thinking, man, when that comes around, I got a couple hundred bucks. Some of you can easily write a $10,000 check. It's going to sting. It's going to hurt, but you can. Some of you can write $50,000 check. It's going to sting. It's going to hurt, but you can. But what we're talking about here is legacy. So you got to have it to give it. And if you, if you, you're probably not going to get it if you don't have a vision for it. But if you can partner with God and say, hey, listen, you can trust me with this. And then whenever the blessing comes because you put in the hard work and you've got the favor of the Lord and you've received the promotion, now you gotta, it's rubber meets the road. Remember that agreement, Lord, that we talked about? Here it is. And I'm leaving legacy because that building and what's gonna be happening, kingdom business is gonna be happening in this community long after I've done and, and I'm with you. Legacy, what do you wanna leave? It's important to pray and, and, and be consistent. It's important to consume God's word and be consistent. Every day we should be seeking God's guidance consistently. Anybody watch the UFC fights last night? If not, you missed them. They're good. I'm not promoting violence, but I like it. See, a UFC fighter, whenever they know that their name is on a card every single day, day in and day out, they're training. Even their rest has a purpose. Even the days off have, have a, a purpose. Come on, it's called everyday intentional. And I'm telling you what, if a UFC fighter can do that, come on, to, you know, to make a little bit of money and to go up in the ranks, then we can do it as sons and daughters of the Most High. Key number two, I'm getting close, Matt. 
Matter of fact, I'm getting real close. Come on up here just real quick. It'll speed me up. Key number two, you need an accountability partner. You need an accountability partner. There's a man and there's many, but there's one man in our church right now that is going through some real hardships, come on, with his family. And I am telling you, just because I've spoken to this individual many times, the one thing that is getting him through the hardships, come on, is friends, brothers that have come close and have chosen to walk with him. Come on, it is so much more difficult when you have to walk alone. And if you're blessed to have one, then you are blessed. If you're blessed to have two to walk with, then you're blessed. Amen. My heart breaks for the person that doesn't have a person to walk with through difficult times. Daniel didn't stand alone. He didn't do life alone, neither should you. So what is it that a friend can do? A friend can remind you, they can encourage you, they can pray for you, they can correct you. How many of you have a friend in your life that you'll receive correction from? If you don't, you need it. Because usually when a friend corrects, they're not correcting, come on, you know, just to, just to make you, they're correcting you because they love you. And guess what? That's the harder conversation to have. And so if you have somebody, come on, that is willing to have a different opinion than you have, you can say, I don't like this, but I know that you love me. Key number three, and this is my last point, get rooted and grounded in God's word. If you wanna be, if you wanna be consistent, like listen, if knowledge, have you ever heard this, knowledge is power? then truth is what I would call a superpower. See, because there's a lot of knowledge out there, but the truth that is found in God's word, come on, you just turned yourself into a superhero. I like that. Better than Superman, which we all know is the... That's right, he does. He's better than Batman. Dana, what do you think about that? Okay, you do agree. Okay, I'm down. Dana's down, I'm right. So get rooted in God's word. See, in the, in the, in the press of problems, the enemy's lies will multiply. Have you, ever, have you ever seen that or witnessed that personally? It's like, man, I'm surrounded by issues, I'm surrounded by problems, and then there's all these opinions, and even if they're the wrong opinion, you start thinking, yeah, 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 maybe, maybe. And so the lies of the enemy multiply, and, you're, and, and it's very possible that you can find yourself believing in something that is absolutely against what God's Word says. Why? Because maybe even a trusted friend was pointing you in that right direction and you love that friend and you know that that friend also loves God, but that friend is having a hard time separating his love for you with the truth because he hates seeing you or she hates seeing you in pain. It's not that they're intentionally, you know what I mean, trying to take you away from God's truth and promises. They just don't like to see you hurting and they want to comfort you and they want to they want to give you an out. But I'm telling you what, God's word will be that red flag that says, oh, oh, they love you. Understand they love you. 
but they're not giving you the best advice. How do we know it's not the best advice? Because it's contradictory to what God's word says. You're not gonna know this if you don't know what the word of God says. So you gotta get grounded in it. You gotta spend time in it. You gotta enjoy it. Don't treat it like a job. Come on, treat it like a relationship because that's exactly what it is. First Peter 2, 2 says this, as newborn babes desire the pure milk. Somebody say the pure milk. The pure milk of God's word. He does this so that you can grow. See, newborn babies, they're not worried about dad's money. Newborn babies, they're not worried about mom's driving mom's car one day. Newborn babies, they're, they're focused on when's my next feeding? I know I just ate a few minutes ago, but I feel hungry again. I need some nourishment because this body of mine is going through a lot of changes and it needs to adapt and it needs to grow. And there's a lot going on. I know it doesn't, I know I just look cute and everything, but there's a lot going on here that you don't see. And I'm telling you, it's the same picture of people that come in here week after week after week. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm just so good. I'm good. How you doing? I'm so good. I couldn't be better. But yet on the inside, you're not so good and you could be better and you're bent up, but you're tired of just putting your stuff in front of people because you're, you're seeing yourself. Oh no, here she comes. She's going to be negative. Oh, he's going to tell me about everything that's wrong. So what we do is we just like, I'm good, man. No, 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 really, I'm good. Are you? See, you need the word of God. Come on, that has the ability, come on, to change your life. Your perspective will begin to change and hope will return and you you gain your confidence back. Anybody ever lose your confidence? You'd be willing, you'd be confident enough to say, I've lost my confidence before. I'll be by myself, me and you. you. We got a couple of us. We need God's word. I want to pray for you. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for our time together. And Lord, just like we entered into this topic, recognizing that sometimes the only thing that we're consistent in is being inconsistent. And Lord, I believe that that is okay if we've got a vision and a goal and a drive. Come on, just for growth and and change in our life. This is what I know, Lord. Whenever you come into the life of a person, when they surrender to you, you begin to make changes. And there's a transformation that takes place. We're continually being changed into your image and likeness. We will never stop. Your desire is not to get us to a certain place of improvement and then just leave us there. There will always be something new, something more that you are designed to do inside. And it deals with the heart, but it produces fruit that can be seen, witnessed, experienced, tasted. 
And Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that even though we struggle, even though we fail, even though we're not perfect because consistency has nothing to do with perfection. We know there was one perfect and it's not me. We are made perfect in you and your work on the cross. But even though we stumble and even though we fall, that we would have faith to know that tomorrow is gonna be greater. Why? Because your word says you take us from glory to glory, to glory, to glory, until we're in your presence, Lord. And I believe, and I don't even have scripture, and this is Travis, not Bible, but I really believe that because you're so magnificent, even though the Bible says we see dimly now, we'll see fully then, I still don't, for some reason, I feel like eternity is still gonna be filled with finding new things out about you because you are God. And I am not. I thank you for these people. I pray in Jesus' name that you would bless them today. And if there is one here that needs to receive you, I pray they would receive you right now just by saying, here I am, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. My life belongs to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.